Welcome back to another episode of Nevertheless, She Persisted, your how-to guide happy place and support system for navigating the ups and downs of life. Please share today's episode with your friends and family members and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And as always, I'm not a licensed therapist, just a teenage girl hoping to help. Enjoy! All right, welcome back to another episode of Nevertheless, She Persisted. Today, I'm here with my good friend, Stephanie. Thanks for coming on Nevertheless, She Persisted, Stephanie. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So can you introduce yourself so listeners know a little bit about you and whose voice they're hearing in their ears? Of course. Um, Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. I'm 16. Um, In my free time, I really like to play soccer. I'm also really into baking. Um... Yeah, and I'm super excited to be on this podcast today. Awesome. So today we're talking about breakup etiquette. Which Juicy. is such, <laughs> such a big topic to cover. There's like so many little things. Stephanie and I talk about this all the time. Like the number of conversations we've had like over the phone and over text about like, how do we break up with this person? Or like, is this like a good way to go about this? Or just seeing how it goes with other people. We have so many opinions on this. So I thought she would be perfect to come on and weigh in her opinion so we can establish what is important when breaking up with someone. Because that is a huge issue that teenagers have to navigate and face. Absolutely. We talk about this all the time. And I think it's super, super important that, you know, when you're going into this, if this is something that you're considering, you make sure that you consider all the possible outcomes and you're prepared and you really know what you're getting yourself into. Totally. So I was thinking it'd be fun if we talk like a little bit, we can go back and forth and figure out like what the basics are, what we agree you need to think about, what the protocol should be. And at the end, I have some breakup horror stories if we want to go over those also. Um, So yeah, I think that's the layout we'll do. But yeah, do you have anything else you want to add before we get started? Let's jump right in. Alrighty. So the first thing I would say is you really, really have to think about this decision before you go into it. Like, this is Absolutely. not, maybe you're the kind of person who, like, in an argument, you're like, we're done, we're broken up, sure, fine, do your thing. When I am, like, deciding whether, like, I want to end a relationship or not, I have to think about it for so long and weigh the pros and cons out so much. I'm the exact same way. I have to know that this is exactly the right decision and that I'm mm-hmm. fully committed to separating away from this person and that it's totally. not just, you know, we're, we're going to take a quick break and maybe we'll get back together later. But this is actually a decision that I've made that I am not going to pursue a relationship with this person any further because I'm not the type of person who's like, oh, like we're done, whatever. And then I move on. It's definitely a much more serious consideration for me. <laughs> yeah. So I think we should first talk about, like, what are reasons you should break up with someone? Like, just to get that out of the way, if any of these are, like, things you're experiencing or things that come to mind, maybe just play around with the idea. Maybe talk to a friend, ask, like, I don't, like, I would never talk to my parents about breaking up with someone. But, like, if you're close to your parents, like, maybe ask them. But, like, (laughs) go to, like, a friend, go to a sibling, maybe come to this podcast. And if any of these, like, apply to you, apply to your relationship, maybe just be like, am I in the right relationship? Is this good for me? So according to psychology today, they say like the main red flags in a relationship are lack of communication, somewhat being with someone that's like irresponsible, immature, unpredictable. When there isn't any trust, that's a big red flag. Um, 
When your close family and your close friends don't like your partner, that's a that's a really big red flag. That's a really big red yeah. flag. And that one's hard because I've been in relationships before where I've been like, my parents don't know this person, like they haven't met them, they just have no reason to not like them. But honestly, looking back, the vibe that your friends and family get from someone normally is right. Like, in the moment, I am the right. first person to, like, defend that person the end and be like, no, I, like, really, really like him. Like, he, what are you talking about? You just don't know him. Like, he's really nice and funny. Like, Stephanie, you probably know who I'm talking about with this. Where, yes, like, people exactly. People don't like him, but for some reason, I have that weakness. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, he's super nice. But when you step back and after you're out of that relationship or when you're in like a really good state of mind you're like whoa whoa, wait hold on like no like my parents didn't like him my siblings thought he was kind of odd my close friends don't like being around him they're all right this guy's like a douche or whatever Um, right what's so interesting is that we're often like such poor observers of our own relationships because our friends and family can see how the relationship is affecting us way better than we can yeah so it's really important to listen to what they have to say and to take their advice I would definitely yeah yeah and then the rest of the red flags they say is like feel like really insecure about your relationship if the person you're dating has like like really keeps a lot of secrets about like their past and what went on before and another thing I want to bring up about that like I am one person of course I'm very open and vulnerable on this podcast about my struggles with mental health and my past relating to that but in real life when I'm getting to know someone friends or romantically I definitely wait a little bit to share that part of me or don't ever share the entire thing because it can be so like, it's a lot to dump on someone. It's a lot for them to handle. And I have, like, my support system, and I know how to handle that myself. So I think it's important to kind of draw the line of when they're being secretive or, like, put keeping things in the dark purposely or they're respecting their own privacy and moving on from something emotionally. Absolutely. And some other reasons I would say it's right to break up are, you know, less on the red flag side, but more in just observing your relationship. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, if it doesn't feel right anymore, if Mm -hmm. you're not, if you don't have the same expectations for a relationship. So maybe one of you is looking for more of a casual fling versus like a serious committed relationship or even just like arguing more than you're having fun. If it's, if it's really something that feels forced and it seems like the chemistry is faded away, then maybe you should Mm -hmm. reconsider you know, what that relationship is doing for you. Yeah, another thing is, like, if it's verbally or physically abusive, like, that is a huge red flag. And I don't think we should get too far into that because I personally haven't had a lot of experience with those kinds of relationships. There's lots of different protocols to go through when ending those relationships to maintain your safety and your family's safety. So we're not going to get into that. This is just little, like, spiffs and issues in teenage relationships that aren't affecting your, like, physical or emotional health severely and if you are experiencing that like a physically or emotionally abusive relationship find an adult you trust find a counselor find a therapist find someone you can talk to about that but again maybe don't necessarily follow these (laughs) direct pieces of advice for that kind of relationship yes (laughs) so with that being said we talked about like big red flags some other things I think the biggest one for me is like if you're just like not attracted to them anymore I feel like there's been times when I really want something to work like I so badly think like I would like to like someone or there's no reason I shouldn't like them but I'm just not attracted to them and I wish I was like I wish I really did like them and saw a future that happened 
I just remember your most recent fling, Matt. It was, we had all these discussions about like how it seemed so perfect on paper. And then, you know, when you're hanging out, it just doesn't click in that way that you want it to. And I think it's really important to recognize that that's a totally valid reason for ending a relationship romantically. Because it is totally fine if you enjoy hanging out with that person to continue that relationship platonically. But it's really important that you set your expectations and you set those boundaries very clearly and that there isn't any gray area there. Yeah, and with this guy, he was, like, cute. He was really nice. Like, he'd go and, like, he'd take me to dinner, and he was so nice to my family. He, he was, was, like, really so tall. nice. And he was, like, and friends I, with our other yeah. friends, boyfriends, so it just worked really well. We could, like, double date and stuff, and he was so nice. And I was, like, I so badly want this to work. This would be such a nice thing for me. And I just did it every single time I hang out, hung out with him. I was just attracted to him less and less and less. And it was, like, I so badly wanted to work, it, to work and I felt so bad about like ending things with him but I just like couldn't do it like I wasn't attracted to him and I couldn't like it with a good conscious go on and continue to lead him on because I just didn't like him now we're going to talk a little bit about like the steps you can take if you want like a really outlined approach to breaking up with someone This is really because um, it's so, so important to not avoid this conversation because avoiding it just prolongs it. It doesn't make anything better. And dragging things out just makes it so much harder in the long run because especially because you never want the person you're breaking up with to hear it from someone else before they hear it from you. So we wanted to make it as simple as possible to start having this conversation to make it super, super clear, like what your goals and what your expectations and what's your most ideal outcome from this conversation just so that you don't have any reason to delay if you follow these steps it's going to be you know the easiest possible route to take yeah exactly yeah. um and because also, this is like the longer you delay it they notice like if you're really connected to someone whether it's like a friendship a family member or a romantic relationship when you're acting different when you're withdrawing when you change the way you are around them like they can tell they're gonna know that something's absolutely coming. they're going to assume the worst they're gonna be like okay i'm gonna get dumped why won't they just do it already so if you're upfront and open a lot of the time they will be more like i don't want to say it'll make the whole situation better but they will be more understanding and open than if you've been acting like shady for days and you haven't been like reaching out or talking to them because you know you're gonna break up with them and they don't know yet exactly Okay, so the first step is that you're going to tell your significant other that you have something important to talk about with them. This is because it's really important that you don't just hit with hit them with the like we should break up out of the blue because that's can be kind of insensitive. Like so, um, but it's also really important. Also, exactly. If they're like exactly. not expecting it, it's like oh my god, like what are you? It's awful. Yeah. But also, like, when you're saying this, don't make them nervous or worry them. Just emphasize that a conversation needs to happen and um, you should be good. Oh, my God. Okay, so after, like, we have to also do a how to handle getting dumped episode. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, That's what perfect. movies to watch, like, what foods to eat, like, what to do with your friends. Oh, my God. We should just do this every week until we, like, run out of topics. Literally. Because we have so many topics. Yes, okay, literally. Okay. <laughs> All right, so the next step is to start by saying something that you, like, appreciate about the person. And we want to stay away from the, you're really great, like, I really like you, but, but say, like, we've been really close for a long time and you're really important to me, or I really value, like, how honest we are with each other, so I wanted to tell you this. Like, 
put a foundation for why you're being upfront because you value this relationship and because you do care about them and because you know that they can handle hearing this. Exactly. And this leads directly to step three, which is where you explain the main reason why you believe that you should break up. And you have to be super clear, super upfront. Some examples are, but it just doesn't feel right anymore, but I'm not ready to have a serious relationship right now, or but we're arguing more than we're having fun. Just like give your main quick reason that's super clear and conveys exactly the main reason Mm -hmm. why you think that you guys should split up. Totally. And I mean, I know it's hard. Like maybe the reason is like you're not attracted to them. And that's like awful to have to say to someone's face. Be like, hey, like I just don't find you attractive. Like that's doesn't mean that's awful. I wouldn't want to say that to someone. I'm sure it would be uncomfortable for other people to say. So you can say like I like... I've definitely pulled the card before where I'm like, I just don't want to have a relationship. It's a little bit of a cop-out, but it's okay. We did fit a lot. Yeah, we hate each other. But that's, that's, that's going to happen. Because when you're younger and you're growing up, everyone, like, young listeners, you're going to... opinion that's bad. Okay, interrupt me. That's okay. Sorry. Um, You're going to hate your sister or brother or siblings. Like, you're just not going to like them. Until, I would say, when you get in, like, your teens. Or they get sent to treatment. (laughs) Yeah. Or when you get in your teens... I'd say you develop a relationship and because that's like struggle. So through struggle, you're going to find love. (laughs) So back to how a relationship changed. We actually have one. What was it? What's that like? The change? Mm -hmm. Or our relationship? Or what's it like to actually have a relationship? Um, I'd say that since like Sadie's like allowed to visit us, that's sort of like allowed us to have a relationship. And you know... I'd say what I like is having a relationship where it's kind of like a friend. Like everyone in my family, our family, like we my parents. Families, <laughs> yeah, my parents. Like we don't have like a friend relationship with them, and I feel like Ruby and Atticus are a little too young mm-hmm. for us to have a friend relationship with them yet. So it's nice that I have someone where I can have like a friend. I can, I can talk to like about stuff that I would talk about with like a friend. That was really repetitive. I'm so sorry. Um, like a friend. Well, like a friend. Friend. Yeah, friend. like friends. Um, so going back to mom, like when mom told you I was sick, how did mom and dad explain that to you? And how is that different from what you perceived? When mom and dad told me that Sadie was sick, I didn't know that that was sort of like, don't do that, uh, a realm where you could get sick. I, no, no, no. <laughs> I didn't know mental health and illnesses were a thing. Well, I did. Because, like, I've... We have, like... I don't even know how I was going to finish it. I've heard about it before. But, um... I wasn't introduced to it on, like, a, a level where I knew the person, like, well. So... I was confused. Um... So you get asked where I am, or people are aware that, like, I'm not at home. Mm-hmm. What do I say? Boarding school. Boarding school, my friends. Is that awkward? Is it put you in a bad spot? Um, I, f- I mean, like, it hasn't put me in a bad spot, because for me, like, a lot of my friends... Like, their siblings have gone through similar things. So, like, one of my friends, their siblings have gone through similar things. So, like, I talked to her about that, and we were able to connect. So, 
I hope you're okay with this, but like with the people I was close to their emotions, be patient with that and really just give them their space to have that emotional experience. And then what's best after that is step eight, just to give the other person space and let them process that, let them get through that. Because if like, I know in my experience, when I've still liked someone, the most difficult thing is being around them or seeing them or still talking to them because I, even though they don't have feelings, like I still do. And so it's awful to like, you still like someone and know that they don't like you back. And you still feel like the dynamics have changed, even though it's changed for them, how they view it. Exactly. Exactly. So just making sure that you're only attempting to be friends with them once you are completely over the idea of dating them. And you know that they're also completely over the idea of dating you. It's really, really important that you rate, that you wait until you get that um, get to that stage because, you know, it can probably be pretty negative if you don't. Yeah. And there's like no timeline for that. Everyone takes different amounts of time to get over to relationships. I know for me, sometimes it's been years before I can finally be like, I don't like that person at all. Like I would never picture being in a relationship with them because I cared so much about them and we were so close and other people just takes a couple days a couple weeks especially if you're the one breaking up with someone it's normally much easier to get over them and as soon as you break up with them you're like okay we're done like easy wouldn't think about dating them but when you're getting dumped sometimes it takes a really long time to get over that and get to that get past that step of moving past the relationship yeah exactly Do you want to be featured on a future episode or have questions you want answered about therapy, depression, anxiety, or life? Do you want to share your story? Email inquiries at shepersistedpodcast.com or reach out via social media. You can also head over to my website, shepersistedpodcast.com and fill out the contact form anonymously or with your name. I hope to hear from you. So just to recap... Step one is warning, I guess, your SO that you have something important to talk to, talk to them about. Mm-hmm. Step two is start starting by saying something you appreciate about them. Step three is explaining the primary reason why you should break up. Step four is really, really clearly articulating that you want to break up. Step five is apologizing for hurting them. Step six is saying something positive. Step seven is listening. And step eight is giving that other person space. So... Take notes, people, because this is the easiest way to make sure that you and your significant other can respectfully split apart from each other and you no longer have an excuse to avoid the conversation. All you need to do is those eight steps and boom, you are officially going to be broken up. So some last like notes and details that we just want you to think about when you are going through a breakup or whatever it is that you are trying to do to end the relationship the first one is be firm which is like no apologies stick to what you're saying we talked about this in the dear man episode but you've decided you've weighed the pros and cons and you are firm with this decision you're not going to go back on it so keep and like stay true to yourself with that decision that you've made and don't be like i'm so sorry you're right we shouldn't break up be firm exactly the second thing is to allow yourself to be sad Even though you are the one who's initiating the breakup, a breakup is a sign of incompatibility and sometimes that can be difficult to recognize and difficult to admit. Practicing one mindfully. And so the last detail I'm going to talk about for the how skills is some questions to ask yourself when practicing effectively. So first you want to observe when you're getting angry, when you're feeling hostile, you're going to ask yourself, is this effective? 
you want to pay attention to when you start wanting to be right instead of effective. So you're going to give up on being right and try and switch to just being purely effective. And this is truly one of the hardest skills for me. I struggle a lot, especially with my parents, with choosing to be effective instead of right. I hold on really, really strongly to things I want, things I'm hoping for, things I ask them for, and being right in the end of an argument or whatever situation it might be. I focus a lot on trying to hone in on the effectiveness skill and really do my best with this, especially with my parents. Another thing you want to do is notice the willfulness in yourself. You want to ask, is this effective? And drop that willfulness. And instead, choose to be effective and notice how that's different. Do you have questions you want answered about therapy, depression, or anxiety? Email sadiesutton.nsp at gmail.com or reach out via direct messages on any of the Nevertheless You Persisted social media accounts linked in today's episode notes. You can also leave a voice message on Anchor. I would love to hear from you. Okay, so the next part of the episode, we're going to talk about loving kindness. So first, what is loving kindness? Loving kindness is another skill. It's a mindfulness practice designed to increase loving compassion for ourselves, for our loved ones, for friends, and for those we are angry with, difficult people, enemies, and in general, all beings. Loving kindness can protect us from developing and holding on to judgments, ill will, and hostile feelings towards ourselves and others. So practicing loving kindness is like saying a prayer for yourself or someone else. And it doesn't have to be religious. It doesn't have to be attached to a higher power. You're sitting and asking for something for yourself or someone else. And you could be asking your wise mind. You could be asking your future self. You're you're just putting out this wish, this hope into the universe. So you're actively sending love, kind wishes, and reciting in your mind words and phrases and expressions, good feelings towards yourself and others. So now that we've given a summary, we're going to practice loving kindness. So I want you to sit down, whether you're sitting on a chair, maybe you're laying down, you're going to notice where your body is touching the floor, you're going to breathe deeply, gather your breath, breathing in and out, in through your nose, out through your mouth. So choose a person that you want to send loving kindness towards. You don't want to pick someone that you don't want to relate to with kindness and compassion. Maybe start with yourself, or if that's too difficult, start with a person you already love. Going back to our breathing in, out. You're going to open the palms of your hands and picture the person that you want to send loving kindness towards. You're going to radiate out that loving kindness by reciting a set of warm wishes. If you're doing it for yourself, you may say, may I be happy, may I be at peace, may I be healthy, may I be safe. Whatever positive wishes you have. Repeat these slowly. Focus on the meaning of each word as you say it in your mind. If you feel your thoughts drifting, just go back, notice them come and leave and go back to your words you've recited. May I be happy. May I be at peace. May I be healthy. May I be safe. 
you're going to continue this until you feel yourself completely immersed in your loving kindness. You're going to work yourself up through loved ones, friends, and those you are angry with, difficult people, enemies, and finally everyone. If I was doing this, say, may my parents be happy, may my parents feel peace, may they be healthy, may they be safe. Listeners, may you be happy, may you be at peace, may you be healthy, may you be safe. To my friends, may they be happy, may they be at peace, may they be healthy, may they be safe. To everyone, may they be happy, may they be at peace, may they be healthy, may they be safe. you're going to end your practice by going back to your breathing. In, out through the mouth, centering yourself and grounding yourself. And the goal is to practice this every day. Of course, whenever you have time, whenever you need that grounding, whenever you're feeling particular tension with a person, maybe you just need a little self-love, you can practice this loving kindness skill. And you want to start with yourself and then move on to others. And I know when I was at my lowest point, when I had so, so, so much self-hatred for myself, I couldn't even think of positive things of myself or loving myself or being happy or healthy. That was so, so, so far out of reach for me. So I would help start with others. I would think about my friends. I would think about my siblings. I would think about anyone that I didn't know and gradually work towards the people I felt the most tension with. I would go to my parents, would move towards my siblings who I had hurt, and I would finally, finally, finally get to myself. And that was really, really uncomfortable and really tough. So you just want to work through getting to everyone, including yourself, and expressing that loving kindness.